Let us now read together what we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 39. There we find God's word summarized as follows. What does God require in the fifth commandment? That I show all honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all those in authority over me. Submit myself with due obedience to their good instruction and discipline and also have patience with their weaknesses and shortcomings since it is God's will to govern us by their hand. After the sermon, we will sing from Psalm 25 to stanzas 2, 5, and 6. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, those of you who follow the news may have heard the name of a certain Ezra Levant. He is the former editor of the now defunct news magazine, The Western Standard. He is currently in the news because he has been hauled in front of the Alberta Human Rights Commission because of some cartoons he republished from a Danish publication which were offensive to some radical Muslims. As a consequence, they brought a complaint against him. These cartoons caused much upheaval amongst the Muslim population. It is Mr. Levant's position that he should have the freedom to do so. The government should not interfere with this freedom. And so he does not recognize the authority of the government in dealing with this case through the Human Rights Commission. If whatever he writes is offensive to others, then that is just too bad. As long as he does not harm anyone, he should not be allowed to say, and then he should be allowed to say and write whatever he wants. A certain pastor, Boisin, and Calgary was of the same opinion. He wrote some offensive things about homosexuals. He too was hauled in front of the Human Rights Commission and was convicted. Neither of these men accepted the authority of the government in that regard. They do not recognize the government's right to limit their freedom in that way. Are they right about that? What freedom do we have with regard to our fellow man and with regard to the government of the land? To what extent can our freedom be limited by others? To what extent can our parents do that, or our teachers, or our bosses, or the consistory, or the government? To what extent ought we to recognize their authority and their sensitivities? These are the questions which this Lord's Day, dealing with the Fifth Commandment, confronts us with. It has us deal with the place of authority in our lives. However, this commandment has us deal with more than that. The fifth commandment also has a promise attached. And that, unfortunately, is not reflected in this Lord's Day itself. We, just like this Lord's Day, usually forget that. When asked what the fifth commandment states, we will say that it states that we must honor our father and our mother. 
period. But that's only half of it. The law, as given to Moses, elaborates on that. And it's especially done in the rendition in Deuteronomy 5, where it elaborates on that blessing. It says there, Honor your father and your mother, as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long, and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. If you keep this commandment in the way that the Lord God intended it, then he will bless you. He will give you a prosperous life. And that is what I will preach to you about this afternoon. I will preach to you about the blessings of submission to lawful authority. We will look at two things. First of all, to whom we must submit, and secondly, why we must submit. So I will preach to you about the blessings of submission to lawful authority, to whom and why to submit. If you want to have a good understanding of the fifth commandment, then you have to appreciate in the first place that this commandment has us deal with our relationship to God and our fellow man. And that is why this commandment is a bridge between the first part of the Ten Commandments and the second part. The first part deals with our relationship to the Lord our God, and the second part with regard to our relationship to our neighbor. If you keep the fifth commandment perfectly, then you will have a completely harmonious relationship with the Lord your God and your fellow man. And then the first tablet of the law and the second tablet of the law fall perfectly into place. Brothers and sisters, and that includes you boys and girls, our Christian faith is all about establishing and maintaining good relationships. Our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. The great sin of Adam and Eve was that they did not accept God's authority to limit their freedom. Adam and Eve could do whatever they wanted in paradise, except one thing. They could not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If they had allowed God to limit their freedom in that way, then sin would not have raised its ugly head. When they disobeyed the Lord God, their relationship with God and their relationship with each other became broken and skewed. The great sin of Adam and Eve was that they did not accept the authority of God. And that, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, has been the problem ever since. By nature, we are now rebellious. And we have inherited that from Adam and Eve. It is now our nature not to want to accept authority in our lives. We know that without the role of authority, it would be chaos in society. But deep down, we don't like anyone or anything lording it over us. And so we have a love hate relationship with authority. We don't like our personal freedoms limited. It is because of our rebellious nature that God establishes the rule of law in our lives. And that rule of law has to be applied by human institutions. In this sinful world, there is no other way. That, however, is not the way it was originally. Originally. 
God's authority over man was meant as a blessing. And that was the way, that's the way it was before the fall into sin, but that's also the way it should be today. If every single man and a woman here on earth would accept God's authority over their lives, and then there would be no need for human institutions to assert their authority. Why do you think the Lord God was so displeased with Israel when they asked for a king to rule over them? He was displeased because he wanted to be their sole ruler. If everybody here on earth would allow themselves to be ruled by the Lord God alone, then you do not need anybody else to rule over you. Then you would not need human authority in your life. But do you know what the first curse was that God pronounced after man's fall into sin? As we know from Genesis 3 verse 17, the Lord God said to the woman that her husband will rule over her. The fact that the woman listened to the devil rather than God put her in a subordinate position to man. And that was the curse that God put upon the woman. Now, to modern ears, that sounds awful. And the wisdom of the world is that men and women are equal. In the final analysis, that's true. The scriptures also teach that. We are all equal. But that is the ideal. However, now you have to take sin into account. Because of sin, as I said, relationships have become skewed. They have become broken. It has become our nature to seek ourselves and to seek our own interests first. We seek our own welfare before we seek the welfare of another. And that's also the case within marriage. Because of sin, we are unable to communicate properly. And because of sin, we will have different solutions to problems. And also because of sin, this world has become a complex place. The answers are not always clear as to what we are to do and how we are to do it, and who are to do it. As much as possible, we have to come to a solution by consensus. But there are times that you cannot find a solution. There are also times when we are rebellious, and that we do not do what we ought to do. And so within a family, there has to be someone who makes the final call. There is to be someone who is finally, who is ultimately held responsible. And for that reason, the Lord God gives different roles to the man and to the woman. There has to be one person who is ultimately in charge of the family. And the Lord God says that within the family, that is the man. And for that reason, all human institutions, there has to be someone who makes the final call and who is held responsible. For you see, the curse of the one ruling over the other does not just apply to the woman, but also to mankind in general. For it isn't just the woman who sinned, it was also the man. The curse given to the woman, therefore, applies to all men, and it applies to all men in various and different situations. 
it applies first of all to you children. When I preached on this Lord's Day on previous times, I dealt especially with the relationship between parents and children. And this time, we are dealing more with the authority of all human institutions in our lives, especially government. And so this time, I will only deal very briefly with the way that it applies to children. The Lord God applies this commandment especially to children and their parents because children lack the sense and the experience to know what is right and what is wrong. They need to be taught. They need to be supported by their parents. Children are like a little sapling. If you want a sapling to grow into a big and strong and straight tree, And then the first few years of its growth, it needs to be supported by a strong stake or a steel rod. If you do that in the beginning of its growth, then the tree will grow up to be straight and strong. If not, it will grow in the wrong way. It will become a a crooked tree. Now, the same thing is true of children. Children need the support of their parents as they grow up They constantly need direction. And sometimes that direction needs to be forced because children by nature are rebellious. If the authority of the parents do not function in their lives, then those children will grow up in the wrong way. And then when they are older, they will not accept authority in their lives. And those children, they will have miserable lives. And therefore, as a child, you have to understand the limits to your freedom. Now, you may not always understand those limits. But nevertheless, you boys and girls, I hope you are listening, you have to accept those limits that your parents give to you. And those limits to your freedom are given by God to enforce. And there is no one better than your parents to do that. For you are their flesh and blood. You belong to them. It is the natural inclination of your parents to love you and to want the best for you. And therefore the book of Proverbs, especially time and again, comes with the biblical advice to listen to your father and your mother and not to rebel against them. And the same thing is true of the New Testament. For example, in chapter 6 of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, where Paul says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Note well that Paul says the same thing about the governing authorities. He says in Romans 13 that everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Now, this is quite a remarkable statement, especially if you consider the circumstances under which this was written. During Paul's time, there were no Christian authorities. On the contrary, the authorities that existed at that time were either Roman or Jewish. And those authorities were largely unfriendly and even hostile to the church. Paul experienced that himself in the flesh. 
he was unjustly imprisoned time and again. He was thrown into jail for no lawful reason, and they unjustly beat him and whipped him and took away his privileges as a Roman citizen by throwing him out of certain towns and cities. And yet, Paul says that you must submit to those authorities. He says this even though he also knew about the abuse of authority with regard to the Lord Jesus Christ, who was innocently put to death by the governing authorities of that day. How can Paul say that? Well, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, Paul comes at it not from a human point of view, but he comes at it from a divine point of view, from the way God views it. Paul knows the Bible. He knows that God is sovereign over all things. He is familiar, for example, with a passage such as we find in Daniel 4, verse 17, where the Lord says to the arrogant Nebuchadnezzar that God gives him his punishment so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets them and sets over them the lowliest of men. The Lord God is sovereign over all. That's what it says. That's what he also sang about when he sang from Psalm 8. That is the way it was in paradise, and that's the way it is now. He is therefore also sovereign over all nations. And any authority that is established here on earth comes ultimately from the Lord God. The Lord Jesus Christ himself made that also abundantly clear while he was still on earth. He said to Pilate, who was about to condemn him to death, he said to him in John 19, verse 11, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. All authority comes from God. Whether this your father or your mother or your boss or the policeman who pulls you over on the road, or the referee in a hockey game, or a football game, or the elder or the minister in the church. However, that begs the question whether or not we should, under all circumstances, obey those authorities. And that brings us to the second point, namely, why we must submit to them. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, the Lord God places the authorities in our lives in order to bring order out of chaos. Even repressive governments do good things. Think about such a country as Yugoslavia, which was formerly under a very strict communist rule. When the communists were overthrown, there was chaos in the land. The rule of law and order no longer existed. It was murder and rape and pillaging and mayhem. It was a total mess. Anarchy prevailed for a long time. Nevertheless, it was a horrible regime, and devoted Christians were driven underground. They were persecuted and harassed. Do we have to love and respect and honor such a government just because it does some good? Well, please note that those Christians in the former Yugoslavia did not submit to the authority of the government uh, 
with regard to its prohibition to holding unsanctioned worship services. The Christians in modern-day China do not do that either. They worship in secret. They defy the government. Why do they do that? Well, they recognize that our relationship with the Lord our God is always and ever foremost. If the government demands you to do something that God forbids, or forbids something that God commands, then you must resist the government. Then you must not submit to their demands. Then you have to disobey the state in order to obey God. That's also what Peter and the apostles did when they were commended, commanded by the Jewish authorities no longer to preach the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified. Then they said, as we know from Acts 5 verse 29, we must obey God rather than men. And therefore, sometimes we have to resist the imposition of unbiblical governmental decrees. And that is very hard especially if you know how the Lord God wants you to take, how seriously the Lord God wants you to take all authority. That was a very hard thing to do, for example, for Reverend Jeffrey Clayton, the Anglican Archbishop of Cape Town, when he was told in 1957 by Hendrik Verwoerd, who later on became the Prime Minister of South Africa, but who at that time was the Minister of Native Affairs of South Africa, He decreed that any racial association in church, school, hospital, club, or any other institution or place of entertainment would not be allowed. In other words, the different races were not allowed to mix, not even in a church building. The Reverend Jeffrey Clayton, who was a gentle scholar, decided with great reluctance and apprehension that he had to disobey. He knew that the government stepped outside of the bounds that God had set. In good conscience, he could not counsel his clergy and his people to do as the government demanded. The morning after his letter of defiance to Hendrik Verwoerd, Jeffrey died. Many of his friends and relatives attributed his death to the pain and strain of his reluctant civil disobedience. Brothers and sisters, when the government asks you to do something that goes against God's word, then you have to disobey the government. And that is the way it is with all authority in your life. But be careful. Be sure. If it asks you to do something that goes against God's word, for example, when the government tells you that you are not to that you are not allowed to own unregistered weapons, for examples, then you have to obey. Because the Bible has nothing to say about something like that. The government has been given the authority by God to make sure that there is order in society. And even if you don't like certain decrees of the government, if you don't like your freedom limited in that way, And even if you do not agree with the government's reasoning, then you still have to obey. And so many of those examples can be given as well. Christians are obedient citizens. 
unless they are asked to participate in something that God strictly forbids. They know, as Paul says in Romans 13, that the governing authorities have been put into place for our good. It is true, however, that the governing authorities frequently do things that go against God's word. But as long as they do not involve us in their sinful actions, then there is little we can do except to protest and to warn and perhaps to resist. Ultimately, the Lord God will hold them responsible for their actions. That's also what the Lord Jesus himself said to Pilate. After he told him that all authority comes from above, he added, Therefore the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. In other words, the Lord Jesus says to Pilate, Both of you, you who execute the sentence and those who handed me over are guilty of sin. The Lord Jesus realized, however, that Pilate was acting in ignorance. He was not a Jew. He had not He had not been brought up to know the ways of the Lord God. Nevertheless, although this limits his responsibility, that does not excuse him. But it was the Pharisees and the Jews who should have known better who handed him over. They did have God's word in their possession. To them had been given the prophecies and the ceremonial laws. And the leaders of Israel not only had a certain amount of civil authority, but he also had ecclesiastical authority, which was given to them by God. But they abused it horribly, and therefore the greater punishment will come upon them. Nevertheless, the Lord Jesus allowed the unjust sentence to be executed upon him. He did not resist And that is also what Peter writes about in 1 Peter 2, verse 23, where he says, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. As Christians, we are often dealt with unjustly. We can all identify with that. As a matter of fact, that is the nature of our relationships with all men. And in all human relationships, there is injustice. And no doubt, also the young people can identify with that. Sometimes your parents or your teacher punish you for something that you didn't do. And it is your right to protest. But it is not your right to rebel and to disobey. As the Catechism says, you have to bear with their weaknesses and shortcomings and to be patient with them. Peter says in 1 Peter 2 verse 19, For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. And you see, it is all about relationships. Not first of all with your parents or your teacher or anybody else in authority, but it is about your relationship with the Lord your God. God wants to restrain evil in this world. And this cannot happen if we do not accept all authority as coming from God. And so our Ezra, Levant, and Pastor Boisin write in their defiance. It's not a clear-cut case. But the one thing they and all of us have to keep in mind 
that it is not about us in the first place. It is not about our rights. It is not about our feelings. It's not about our relationship with others in the first place either. It is always about our relationship with the Lord our God. And then we have to think about how we can please him with our words and actions. We have to think about how we can win others over for the Lord. Often direct confrontations do not work. That should happen only if all other avenues are closed. It does not help to condemn Muslims outright or to condemn homosexuals. We have to think about how we can bring others over to our side or better yet, over to God's side. Let us remember that as long as the government does not make us sin in our actions, that then we have to honor and respect the government and all those in authority over us. Paul says in Romans 13, verse 3, For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. He will commend you, it says. Governments are not good in giving out commendations of good conduct. Oh, sure, it will give out certain medals once in a while and other citations. But usually all you hear about is the negative behavior of the citizens. It's easier to concentrate on the evil that happens, on the rebellion that we see all around us and the newspapers are full of it. And that's our human nature. Often our children hear only from their parents when they do something wrong. And so let me ask you, do you also commend your children for good behavior? Do you encourage them? And what about those who are in your employ? Do you also commend them for good and honest and diligent behavior? Again, this commandment has to do with relationships. That's how you build proper relationship over against those whom God has put in your charge. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, if you understand this commandment and act in accordance with it, then the Lord God will give you a blessed life. And that means that God will give you peace. He will give you peace in your personal relationships with your parents, with your children, with your teachers, with your bosses, with the government, and with all those in authority over you. But especially, he will bless you in your relationship with the Lord your God. It will go well with you. That's what God promises. Amen.